Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though the stories you'll hear are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter, and they contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1969, Lee Robinson was convicted of murder. 40 years later, in 2009, he was convicted of murder again. Harold and Vera Dunn lived on Margot Street in Chadston, out in the southeast of Melbourne, Australia, with their four daughters. Four doors down the road was the Fosters, Ricky and his mum, who everyone called Fossey. They rented out a room to one of Ricky's old army mates, Lee Robinson. Robinson had been a labourer since he'd left school at 13. Or should I say, since he was expelled from school. His high IQ was not enough to hide his troubled personality and his explosive anger issues. He bounced around between his mother's house, his grandmother's house, and his aunt's house. He'd never known his father. He was 20 or so in 1967, by the time he found himself living on Margot Street with the Fosters. The Fosters and the Duns had been good friends for years. The families had grown up together. This friendship between the Fosters and the Duns put Harold and Vera's daughter, Valerie Dunn, on a collision course with Lee Robinson. Harold saw the troubled Lee as someone who just needed a chance and took him on as a carpet layer. Harold was completely unaware of just how troubled Robinson was. No idea as to how much criminal activity his new apprentice was involved in. Nothing major yet at this point, small things like stealing car radios, siphoning petrol from cars and stealing tools from local mechanics. As a relationship began to form between Robinson and the then 17-year-old Valerie Dunn, Harold was unaware of just how troubled his daughter's new relationship was. Robinson was aggressively jealous and possessive of Valerie. Her friends feared him, and for good reason. He chased Valerie to a friend's house at high speeds once, where he confronted the friend's mother saying he would kill anyone that gets in the way, and then dragging Valerie to his car and driving off. He had an inability to take responsibility, as does the majority of criminals. He would blame the eventual breakup with Valerie on every bastard who stuck their nose in. At around the same time that he chased Valerie down and dragged her into his car, Robinson was arrested for having a gun in the street. It was Harold who police asked to talk the rage Robinson down and hand over the gun. This was the second time Harold would put up bail for Robinson, something he was never repaid for. Twelve months into their relationship, Valerie decided enough was enough and it was time to end this. Robinson, as you can imagine, did not take the breakup well. He turned his anger to Valerie's former boyfriend, who she since had reunited with, Des Grewar. Even though him and Valerie were done, Robinson continued to lay carpet with her father. On June 8th, 1968, Harold sent Robinson to go drop some materials off to his shed at the house and then to come back and collect him. Harold waited. Robinson never came back. When Robinson arrived at the Dunn's house, he found Valerie and Des there. Angered, he tried to convince Valerie to come down to the local bowling alley so that they could spend some time together away from Des. When he asked if she would come, she responded with something that Robinson would later tell police was her favourite thing to say. I don't know. He told police that used to get under his skin 
every time he would ask her something, she would reply with, I don't know. He told police his first reaction was to slap the I don't know look off her face. Instead, he grabbed a knife from the bench and began to swing it. He stabbed her twice and she fell to the floor calling for help. Des came running in. Valerie tried to escape. Robinson stabbed her again to stop her from getting away from him. Des tried to intervene. Robinson turned and stabbed him twice in the stomach. Valerie had managed to get herself up. Her and Des hobbled to the front door. Robinson continued to stab Valerie in the back as she made her way to the door. All in all, he would stab her 18 times. Robinson left Valerie on the floor at the front of the house. In his words, she was crying and rolling around. He left and he drove off in Harold's car. Around the corner from the house, he pulled up at a phone box. He called the Dunn's landline. He was calling to see if Valerie would answer. She did not. He went from the phone box to a friend's house. He told him what he'd just done. The friend took him to the local police station. He confessed to the stabbings and handed over the knife. A year later in 1968, he went to trial. He pled not guilty to the murder of Valerie Dunn. The court found him guilty and he was sentenced to death. Now this is where the story should end, but six months after the guilty verdict, his sentence was commuted to 30 years, of which he would only serve 15. He was never charged or tried for the attempted murder of Valerie's boyfriend, Des. By 1983, Robinson is a free man again. By 1991, he was back in prison for receiving stolen goods. Two years later, he was out again, and he was getting married to a woman named Gina. They'd met while she was teaching prisoners how to make toys during the time that Robinson spent inside for Valerie's murder. Gina was a mother of five. One of her daughters, Louise, would fall victim to Robinson. He raped her for years in her own bed in the house he shared with her mother. As soon as she was 18, she left. Even though Robinson had threatened her many times that he would kill her if she ever told anyone, in 1994, she went to the police and she would give evidence that would result in Robinson being charged and convicted for another five years. She took his threat seriously because it was known by Gina and her kids that Robinson had been in prison for murder. She lived in fear of her life whenever Robinson wasn't in prison. While Robinson served time for the rape of Louise, a 27-year-old Jeffrey Greenbury would murder a 7-year-old man in a caravan park. Both Lee Robinson and Jeffrey Greenbury would spend a lot of time together in prison. A friendship began. Years later, when the two found themselves free men, in 2008, Robinson would attend a barbecue at Jeffrey's. He would meet Jeffrey's sister, Tracy, a divorced mum of two, 33 years old, almost half the age of Robinson. A relationship began between the two. Outsiders could see this wasn't going to work. This was not a good relationship. Tracy was probably aware of this, but she tried to convince herself and others that the 60-year-old Robinson had been rehabilitated. Tracy would finally be confronted with just how little rehabilitation Robinson had experienced. An argument broke out, which resulted in Robinson assaulting Tracy and putting a shotgun in her face, telling her not to push his buttons. A week later, Robinson would murder Tracy. In sentencing 
Justice Whelan said that Tracy was literally running for her life in an effort to escape Robinson. Your terrified victim posed no threat to you of any kind, Justice Whelan said. Motivated by annoyance at some aspect of your relationship with her, you chased her down a suburban street in broad daylight with members of the public in close proximity, carrying a loaded and cocked shotgun. When you caught her, you callously shot her in the back of the head as she was attempting to crawl away from you before the eyes of her petrified neighbour. Robinson was sentenced to life without parole in 2010.